Hey there. Welcome to the post-production podcast. My name is Rachel. And I'm Kiri. And this is a podcast where we, two student content creators, tell you guys about all the random stuff we get up to in a week. Mm-hmm. Typically, we record this after we've already done all sorts of jazzy media stuff with our day. So yep. there is a lot of brain fry and a lot of rabbit trails. And we're excited that you're here to join us for the ride. So today's subject is going to be film because the Oscars are coming up very soon and there are nine Best Picture nominees. They are Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, Rachel, have you seen any of these films? (laughs) See, it's extremely (laughs) ironic that we're doing this episode because... I don't watch movies very often. Excellent. But have you seen any of these films? No. Excellent. Even better. So we're going to do a little little exercise. So I'm going to tell Uh-oh. you, I've gathered all of the facts and figures for these movies, like the basics, and I want you to give me your unbiased opinion of these movies you've never seen based on the information I give you. Okay? Dope. <laughs> so there are nine of these, so let's see if we can get through these. First up... Ford v. Ferrari, it's a sports drama directed by James Mangold, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Uh, It's up for three other nominations, film editing, sound editing, and sound mixing. It had a budget of $97.6 million and made its budget back, over twice its budget back, with $217.5 million at the box office. It's already had 18 other wins, and Christian Bale was nominated for uh, Best Actor in a Drama at the Golden Globes, but I don't think he won. So here's the description that I pulled from the Oscar website. Visionary auto designer Carol Shelby and race car driver Ken Miles, which is the greatest last name, Ken Miles, for a sports drama. <laughs> a car. <laughs> for a car movie. Visionary audio, auto designer Carol Shelby and race car driver Ken Miles team up to build a high-performance race car for the Ford Motor Company, hoping to defy the odds and defeat the dominant Ferrari at the 1966 Le Mans. Rachel, what is your verdict? riveting wonderful also it has both matt damon and christian bale in it and as we discussed last episode i am quite partial to christian bale and matt damon is pretty stinking good looking too also did you say there's the opinion that matt damon looks like an average white dad with that said two pretty mediocre actors with very good looks in a movie about racing cars that sounds pretty dope to me i'm gonna give that one seven out of ten seven out of ten what Seven out of ten cosmic brownies. Excellent. All right, next up we have The Irishman. This is an epic crime movie directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, Oh, yeah. It's up for nine other nominations. The Academy really loved this movie. For Al Pacino, Best Supporting Actor, and Joe Pesci, also Best Supporting Actor. Cinematography, Costume Design, Directing, Film Editing, Production Design, Visual Effects, and Adapted Screenplay. Starring... Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci. So it had a budget of $159 million and it made $8 million at the box office. Whoa. <laughs> so it lost $151 million at the box office. But the Academy apparently loves it, and it has already won 33 other awards this season. The description provided by the Oscar website. As an old man, World War II vet Frank Sheeran, the only Irish last name apparently, <laughs> reflects on his life as a hustler and mob hitman working alongside many notorious figures, including Jimmy Hoffa, the subject of one of the greatest unsolved mysteries in American history. Rachel, what do you say? Hmm. 
Is the movie about Jimmy Hoffa or is it about the rest of the guys hit stuff as well? I have no idea because I haven't seen this movie either. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Sounds like a good cast and a super good director, but the box office figure is definitely something to take into consideration. I am going to predict this becoming a cult classic within a few years just because it was so hated at the box office but so loved by the Academy. Personally, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10 until I see it and revise my opinion. And I'm going to predict right now that once I see it, my opinion is either going to become 3 out of 10 Cosmic Brownies or 8 out of 10 Cosmic Brownies. There is no in-between. Plus or minus 3 Cosmic Brownies? Yeah, nice. Number 3. Jojo Rabbit. This is a comedy drama movie directed by Taika Waititi. It is up for five other Oscar nominations for Best Supporting Actress to Scarlett Johansson, Costume Design. Yes, Adapted Writing, Film Editing and Production Design, starring a whole bunch of people. Roman Griffin Davis, Taika Waititi himself, Rebel Wilson, Scarlett Johansson, Thomas McKenzie, Stephen Merchant, I'm trying to read my own handwriting here. Uh, Stephen Merchant, Alfie Allen, and Sam Rockwell. So it had a budget of $14 million, and it made $44.9 million at the box office. So did a good job, made its money back. It has seven other wins, including Best Young Actor to Roman Griffin Davis. Here is the description. During, guess when, World War II. Incredible. A lonely German boy's world is turned upside down when he discovers his single mother is hiding a young Jewish girl in their attic. Aided only by his idiotic imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, Jojo must <laughs> confront his blind nationalism. Oh my gosh. <laughs> his idiotic... Okay. Right off the bat, 9 out of 10 Cosmic Brownies. <laughs> Number one for the name of the movie. Like, that just smacks. Jojo Rabbit, I thought it was a children's movie at first. Also, Scarlett Johansson is single-handedly the most iconic part of current Hollywood, so she definitely adds a few cosmic brownies to the overall point value of this movie. Um, I love seeing new actors and actresses, and I also love that it described Adolf Hitler as an idiotic imaginary best friend. We also love (laughs) deconstructing blind nationalism. I must also point out it was also written by Taika Waititi, so he directed it, wrote it, and he starred in it. I am turning into Taika Waititi. Just uh, directing, writing, and acting in all of my own productions. I mean, if he can get an Oscar nom for it, then so can I. Anyway, what is your verdict? Definitely 9 out of 10. Yes, 9 out of 10 Cosmic Brownies. Plus or minus 0 Cosmic Brownies. (laughs) (laughs) Number 4, Joker. This was directed by Todd Phillips. It's a psychological thriller with 10 other Oscar nominations. This film has the most nominations this year including Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix, of course, Cinematography, Costume Design, Directing, Makeup and Hair, Film Editing, Original Score, Sound Edit, Sound Mix, and Adapted Writing. Say that Uh, actor's name again. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, that makes so much more sense than what I was saying in my head. (laughs) What were you saying in your head? Well, that man is a Twitter icon, and I love Twitter. But in my head, I was like, man, who the heck birthed a child and named it Joaquin? Like... (laughs) Hey, at least I knew how to pronounce Phoenix. I got 50% of his name right in my head. Heard of that guy, Joaquin Phonix? That guy, Joaquin Pahonix. <laughs> okay, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, <laughs> Robert Dinero, Zazie Beats, which is the coolest name ever, and Francis Conroy. It had a budget of 55 to $70 million, and it made... 
$1.07 billion in the box office. This movie was very popular. It has already won 50 awards this season, including two Golden Globes, and it holds the Guinness World Record for the first R-rated film to make $1 billion. Incredible. Uh, And I know this one was really popular, and like everybody has seen it except me and you apparently, so... Yeah, I I have no desire to see it because I'm not really into thrillers. Here's the description. In Gotham's fractured society, a young man longs to be a stand-up comic, but finds the joke is always on him. Caught in a cycle of apathy, cruelty, and ultimately betrayal, the comedian makes one bad decision after another, bringing out a chain reaction of escalating events. That is the subtitle of my autobiography. One bad decision after another, bringing out a chain reaction of escalating, escalating events. What do you think? Oh my goodness. there's so much to unpack here number one that is the worst description of a joker movie i've ever heard could you read that first sentence again in gotham's fractured society a young man longs to be a stand-up comic but finds the joke is always on him like okay come on this This movie from the oscars website yeah this movie was supposed to be direct quote a social commentary on mental health and its interplay with society And that's the first sentence of the Oscar description of the movie? Like, what? Like, oh my goodness. Okay, anyhow, moving beyond that, I heard really good things about this movie from everyone I know that saw it. And I read pretty good reviews too. I'm purposely waiting until the summer to see it so that it doesn't wreck me while I'm trying to be academically productive. Because I know, I know myself. I'm just going to sob through this movie. I think without having seen it, I'm going to give it eight cosmic brownies plus 0.5 for not knowing how to say, walk, say it again, Joaquin Phoenix. Excellent. (laughs) Good job. A plus. 8.5 cosmic brownies because I don't know how to say Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number five, Little Women. I actually did see this movie. It, It was written and directed by every indie filmmaker's favorite, Greta Gerwig. Uh, It's a coming-of-age period drama based on the novel by Louisa May Alcott. It has five other Oscar nominations, including Best Actress for Saoirse Ronan, Best Supporting Actress for Florence Pugh, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, Costume Design, Original Score, and Adapted Screenplay, starring Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, uh, Eliza, <laughs> <laughs> Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern, and Timothy Chalamet. It had a budget of $40 million and made $138.3 million at the box office. It made it bu- its budget back and then some good job. And it has 60 other awards that have been won this season. That was a weird way to say that. Here is the description. Are you familiar with the story of Little Women? Vividly. Okay. In the late 1860s, oh, burgeoning no. author Joe March looks back on her uh- and her sister's <laughs> Massachusetts childhoods and the events and relationships that helped shape them as adults. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Honestly, I don't think that's a very good description of the story, but uh, all right. All right. Okay. I get that they're trying not to spoil anything for you, but. So I love this book. I've always loved this book. I, I don't know why, but I was not thrilled they were making a movie out of it. Maybe because the 21st century ruins all good literature. Well, Hot take. I have seen this movie, and they bounce around in the timeline between all the different Little Women books. I actually think it's pretty well done. Hmm. And, like, you can tell when they're in the past, because, like, the color changes. Hmm. Uh, and then when you're in the present, it, like, it's colder. And, you know, I liked it, personally. And I hope it wins a lot of things. I, I love this story. I mean, I'm, I watched the trailer, and I was like, ugh. 
Also, my friend went to see it, and I was like, hey, tell me how it is afterwards so I, I know if I should go watch it. Because someone told me it was, like, just a feminist agenda in a movie, so I was like, oh, gosh. But then someone else said, oh, it's really good. So I was like, hey, tell me how it is. And she came back. She was like, oh, I wasn't paying attention. I was on a date. And I was like, thanks. This is why you don't go to movies on dates. Right? So yeah. with that said, I feel like I'm going to give it a 5.75 Cosmic Brownies out of 10, plus or minus two for when I see it and revise my opinion. Excellent. All right, number six, Marriage Story. This oh, is just boy. a regular boring drama written and directed by Noah Baumbach. <laughs> Baumbach? I have, I'm sorry, Noah, I have never heard of you before. It is up for five other Oscar nominations, including Best Actor for Adam Driver, Best Actress for Scarlett Johansson. Again, this woman is up for Queen. Best Supporting Actress and Best Actress. I would love to see if she wins both. Best Supporting Actress for Laura Dern and Best Original Score and Original Screenplay, starring Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, Laura Dern, Alan Aldra, Alan, and Ray Liotta. It had a budget of $18 million and it made $2.3 million at the box office. Rough. Here's the description. A young creative couple and their son navigate the tricky waters of bi-coastal separation and impending divorce. Rough. <laughs> oh, man. Here's the problem. I love Adam Driver so much. I love Scarlett Johansson so much. I watched the trailer, and I thought they had zero chemistry as a couple. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. And I get that the, that the story is about them divorcing, so you don't really like have to believe in them as a perfect romantic couple. But in general, I just, I felt like they had individually amazing performances in the snippets I watched, but I was kind of, I just didn't believe that they had ever been married. Interesting. I'm going to give it a four out of 10 cosmic brownies, plus or minus one cosmic brownie for when I see it and revise my opinion. Great. Number seven, 1917. Ah, uh, oh, this looks so good. So this is an epic war film written and directed by Sam Mendes, not Sean Mendes. Sadly. That is up for nine other Oscar nominations, including cinematography, directing, makeup and hair, original score, production design, sound mixing, sound editing, visual effects, and original screenplay, starring George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman, two people I have never heard of. It had a budget of 90 to 100 million, and it made 200.5 million at the box office, so it's it did fine. It has already won 44 awards this season, including two Golden Globes. At the time that we are recording this, the BAFTAs haven't happened yet, which is like another big one. So we'll see if it wins any of those. A lot of these movies are up for like a bunch of BAFTAs. Here is the description. During, guess when? World War One. World War One. Yeah! British <laughs> soldiers. British soldiers are sent on a dangerous mission to help stop an attack by the British 7th Division that will result in a massacre by the Germans. Their assignment takes on extra urgency as one of the young soldier's brothers is fighting in that division. <laughs> dun, dun, dun! So it's a war movie. You into those? I'm really into action movies, so I, I wouldn't say I'm into like super gory war movies typically, but this I, one looks this one so is, good. Yeah, I've heard this one is kind of gory. Huh. Yeah, I watched the trailer for this surprisingly while I was in a movie theater, which is amazing. That never happens to me. I'm never in movie theaters. I saw this trailer in theaters and I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. So I'm really excited to see this eventually. What's your verdict? Hmm. I'm going to give it eight cosmic brownies and then I'm going to subtract 0.5 because I don't know who either of the lead actors are. So 7.5? 7.5 cosmic brownies to 1917. Excellent. Next is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
This comedy drama was written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Comedy drama? Comedy drama? (laughs) Is that what I said? (laughs) No, but that's what you should have (laughs) said. I've seen it said as like dramedy. Ew. (laughs) Comedy drama is so much better. Comedy drama, dramedy. Uh, It's up for nine (laughs) other Oscar nominations, including Best Actor for Leonardo DiCaprio, Best Supporting Actor for Brad Pitt, Cinematography, Costume Design, Directing, Best Production Design, Sound Editing, Sound Mixing, and Original Screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) There's something in my throat there. Uh, Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, the man himself, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Emily Hirsch, Dakota Fanning, and Al Pacino. Uh, it had a budget of ninety to ninety-six million and made three hundred seventy-three million at the box office, so it did fine there. It has already won forty-six awards, including three Golden Globes. Here is the description: In L.A. in 1969, aging TV star Rick Dalton and his longtime stunt double Clint Booth. Stru- nope, that's not his name. Cliff Booth struggle to make their way around an industry in a city they hardly recognize anymore. That's it. That's it? That's it. You want me to read it again? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In L.A. in 1969, aging TV star Rick Dalton and his longtime stunt double Cliff Booth struggle to make their way around an industry in a city they hardly recognize anymore. Wow. That's really rough. That is not enough information. So, Okay. Actor Rick Dalton gained fame and fortune by starring in a 50s television western, but is now struggling to find meaningful work in a Hollywood that he doesn't recognize anymore. (laughs) Moment of silence. Poor Rick. He spends most of his time drinking and palling around with Cliff Booth, his easygoing best friend and longtime stunt double. Rick also happens to live next door to Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate, the filmmaker and budding actress whose futures will forever be altered by members of the Manson family. This sounds intense. Interesting. But it also sounds super good. So I really enjoy Quentin Tarantino. I haven't seen most of his movies because most of them are pretty uh, fricked up, but I... I think he is kind of an artistic genius. Also, I have an obsession with 60s Hollywood only because of the Manson family murders. I think without knowing too much about the film, I'm going to give it seven cosmic brownies out of ten. All right. Last one of our Oscar nominees. Parasite. This is a Korean film. It's a dark comedy thriller written and directed by Bong Joon-ho. It is up for five other Oscar nominations, including Best Directing, Film Editing, International Feature Film, Production Design, and Original Screenplay, starring, I'm going to butcher these, Song Kang-ho, Lee Sung-kyun, Cho Leo-jong, and Cho <laughs> Choi Woo-shik. Yikes. It had a budget of one million U.S. dollars and it made 149 million. Holy so, cow! Yeah, it was very popular in South Korea, especially. It has already won 154 awards this season, worldwide uh, or just yeah, in the worldwide. US? Okay, including one Golden Globe. And the description is: greed, class discrimination, and a mysterious interloper threaten the newly formed (laughs) symbiotic relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute Kim clan. Ooh, I heard really good things about this movie. I'm not much of a thriller person, but I think I would see this movie. It's not just a thriller. It's a dark comedy thriller. Ooh, spicy. Off the bat, I think for a thriller, I would give it six cosmic brownies. I'm going to add one and a half cosmic brownies for it being an international film. So that puts us at 7.5 Cosmic Brownies. Math. And then, yeah, and then for the dark comedy aspect, which I think definitely adds some spice, I'm going to give it 8.25 total Cosmic Brownies. 
Excellent. Plus or minus one for whenever I see it and revise my opinion. All right, there you have it, folks. Rachel's unbiased opinion on all of the Oscar nominations 2020. For movies I have not seen at all. Yep. On the subject of film, what is your favorite genre of film? We know you like dark comedy thrillers. <laughs> you find those very spicy. Apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love action movies, and I love superhero movies. Me too. I, I like Marvel movies and, like, Star Wars movies. I, I like to be entertained. I'm not super into, like, the artsy-fartsy, you know, welcome to the Academy type stuff. <laughs> those are the ones that always get nominated, and I'm like, I've never heard of these because nobody watches those. I don't know. And, like, as we've discussed, I like a good musical, as long as it's good. What, what do you think is your favorite movie of all time? Is it The Avengers? Oh. Actually, the first Avengers was my favorite movie for a very long time. It I'm was not mine too. Lie to yeah, you. it was mine too. The easy answer is that my favorite movie is Up, which I like is that one too. not an action movie, but yeah, a good, I love yeah. that movie. I like a good. That, that's true. Animated movies never get Best Picture nominations. I, well, I'm sure they have. Yeah, they don't often get nominated for Best Picture. Like I, I watched Coco recently. Which is one that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so. It's sweet. a cute like, one. Yeah, Pixar has a lot of really good movies and a few really trash movies. Right. Yeah, I like a good animated movie that teaches like a deep life lesson that just adult movies do not. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because people are always like, "Oh, what's your favorite genre of movie?" And I say, "Oh, either you know, kids movies, action, or action and adventure." Movies. And then I'm like. Also, my favorite movie is animated and came out in 2009. Yep, Ratatouille. No, that was 2007. I can't believe you know that. I do. I used to be able to recite all of the Pixar movies in order. That is an incredible They had fewer movies at the time. That's fair. (laughs) I only know it was put out in 2009 because I actually wrote a scholarship essay for an application about how Up changed my life. Like straight up, I wrote. I want to write an essay about that. I wrote an essay about how Up is a good representation of my life because I seek the spirit of adventure in all that I do. And then I got the scholarship. (laughs) Have you found the spirit of adventure? You know, I would say so, but then every time I pull an all-nighter to write a paper, I wonder if this is truly the spirit of adventure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd say you're being pretty adventurous, knocking your sleep schedule off. Right? And I wonder why I have insomnia this semester. (laughs) I wonder. Yeah, I like Up. I like uh, Tangled. Oh, that's a good one. So, Frozen or Frozen 2? Ooh. (laughs) Have you seen Frozen 2? I've not seen Frozen 2, but I really disliked Frozen 1. I will not lie to you. Okay. I heard, I've heard really positive things about Frozen 2. I've heard zero negative things. I've seen Frozen 2. It was better than I was expecting. Okay. I honestly liked it better than the original. I will say that. I think it, it actually did a good job of building on the original movie. Because you know how some sequels just take the same characters and shove them into a completely new situation and, like, passively address the things that happened in the first movie, but they don't build upon it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, E.g. Cars 2. Right. And Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakquel. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> but, yeah, like, Frozen 2 was a really good sequel and the songs are really good too have you heard any of the songs the only one i've heard is one that i've heard in memes the one that's like "Ah," and then there's the girl that's like i can hear you but i won't (laughs) yeah that would be elsa yeah Yeah. that's into the unknown and that's definitely not how that goes but i i I tried to do it myself and it did not work out every time i've heard it it's been like a slightly different part of the song (laughs) and also the first time i heard it ever my four-year-old 
five-year-old oh no she's like six never mind my six-year-old cousin was singing it while in the restroom and I was like turned to my aunt and I was like why is she singing like random opera and my aunt was like oh no that's from Frozen 2 I was really confused Into the Unknown is up for an Oscar nomination as well for best song uh, <laughs> <laughs> no I personally I liked um show yourself better than into the unknown that's the great debate there's another power anthem in the song they didn't include just one they included two wow two let it go remakes pretty much <laughs> and personally i like the second one better even though everyone thinks into the unknown is better but it's not so what are, what are some other good sequels you have uh the empire strikes back of course literally uh, the whole star wars series honestly Except we're saving that. Yes, that's that's the subject for another podcast. Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Rings. Well, those were already pre-written. Like still some movies. pretty smack in movie sequels. Did they ever finish making the Divergent movies, or did they just make the first? They did one? not. They made the first two. Okay, I didn't see I the second one. I don't think it ever got released. Let me look this up. Because if anything, I didn't see it in the theater. But I, I recall they did not release one of the there there might be four and they didn't release the fourth oh no okay they they did release the third one. Oh, they did yeah okay so there is a fourth in the book series but they are not making a movie out of it so did they resolve it in the third movie then i don't think so they're gonna have trouble making a fourth movie because the ending of the series was so sad i wasn't interested enough to finish it okay so well spoiler <laughs> alert for those of y'all that care about divergent but haven't read the book series all the way through she dies at the end interesting yeah so the very last scene of the last book i remember because i sobbed it's literally her boyfriend sprinkling her ashes <laughs> off of the top of a tall building in this desolate city. And that's the end of the book. And I mean, he talks about all the positive change her life had on their society and stuff. But man, that would just be such a bummer of a movie. Yeah. That'd be like a me before you kind of ending to a movie. Since we're talking about Divergent, The Hunger Games, that was a good series, I think. Maybe. I think the I only watched Catching the first Fire two movies. The good one i think really yeah yeah i actually read the books i did one. too yeah um because it was so hyped up didn't like mocking jay was too did they dark. make both of those movies they did they finished the entire hunger game series i watched those in the theater with my dad and my brother my brother had read the books my dad had not so he had like no exposure to the hunger games so he had no idea what to expect rough uh, <laughs> And so, you know how like, at the end of Mockingjay 1, they got PETA back and he's like thrashing in the mental facility and dad was like, I never liked PETA. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Whatever. I mean, neither did I. <laughs> like, even though we all knew she was going to end up with PETA. Uh, were oh, you team PETA or so team Gale? I was team Gale all the I, way. Me too. It made so well, much more she sense just for her like, to be with him. She never liked PETA, actually. She didn't. And no. Gail actually understood her brain. Yeah, and they they like already knew each other and they like, you know... And spent time together. It just made more sense for her to end up with Gail. Like, I mean, I had a feeling she was going to end up with Peta all along, but I mean, I was yeah, really I knew bummed. she would. Also, he's literally named after bread, so yeah, uh, yeah, stupid name. <laughs> well, and the whole time I thought they were just saying Peta with a, like Peter with a British accent. Nope, literally Peta bread. Were you ever? In <laughs> were you I haven't thought about the Hunger Games <laughs> in so long. <laughs> Me neither. Well, and she like cousin zoned Gail. Yeah, like, th there was footage of her like hugging him or something, and she was like, "Oh, that's my cousin," and he was like, uh -huh. "And I was like, you Awkward. should marry your cousin." Anyway, were you ever Arkansas? <laughs> I heard somewhere that that's not actually illegal here; it's just frowned upon. Were you ever into Twilight? No, me neither. Next, 
<laughs> it's interesting because Twilight, we make fun of Twilight for being so stupid, frankly. But right? it was huge back in the day. Like, it was, every teenage girl had posters all over her wall, like my neighbor did. I, I never understood it. Like, why are you so obsessed with this whole werewolf vampire girl loving two guys thing like that's stupid why yeah it was kind of crunk back in the day (laughs) yeah but everyone loved it for some reason and i think that's when the whole love triangle thing became really popular Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we got the hunger games and then and divergent yeah oh man (sighs) it's been a rough century for movies So, in conclusion, we have learned that we are not very familiar with the Oscar nominees this year. As the Uh, kids say, we are not with it. No, we are not. I've seen Little Women. That is it. And uh, Rachel is about to become a critic, a film critic. I just need to watch more movies movies. that she's never seen. So, just like every other critic anyway. So, (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) that's actually my specialty is criticizing movies in completely legitimate ways while secretly never watching the movies. Mm -hmm. And we've also learned that we like Pixar movies. Yeah. Good Pixar movies like Up and Ratatouille. Ratatouille. And we've also learned that neither of us really care that much about Frozen, but it has some good music, I guess, but it gets played over and over and over and over and over again in every child's head, and they get it out through their mouths. They Children Indeed. sing. <laughs> children sing. We listen. Yeah. We have to. We also don't like love triangles. Love triangles formed in book trilogies. Dear I don't those movie directors, even if the original author has a love triangle in the books, cut it out, please. Or make it more spicy. And put five people in it instead of three. And we've also learned that marrying your cousin is sometimes okay. In this Arkansas. has been this has been production podcast. Production podcast brought to you by Rachel Long, Kerry Jones. See you next time on the post production podcast. <laughs> See you next, next time, time on, on the, the show post production <laughs> podcast.